How are we all doing this morning? Great. We, um, I was just thinking, actually, we, uh, <laughs> this message this morning has been, a, has been a bit of a challenge in getting here for me personally, and um, it was almost like I, it was just, I, I had on my heart what I wanted to share this morning, and but just trying to find the way to articulate it and, um, and, and bring it in a concise package was a bit of a challenge, and it was, it was, uh, it was yesterday um, evening, I, I, rang, I was down here just working on it, and I rang my wife. And I said, I'm, I'm, I need some comfort food. I'm going to go down and get some Burger King. And so, and so um, and, and it's, it's a bit of a, it's an ongoing banter between the two of us and that, and that um, often at work, often maybe being, you know, I don't know, well, I'll, I'll cover myself, at least maybe only once every two weeks. I'll, I'll, I'll have the sense, I'll have the sense at lunchtime, I feel like some McDonald's or I feel like some KFC, I feel like some Burger King, and I'll jump in the car, head down and get it. And, um, and there's always this challenge that... Um, uh, of how much of that I'm eating, because for some reason our scales are not very are faulty in our house, and they just seem to get, and they seem to be just expanding, and I don't understand this. But but anyway, I went down, and got this Burger King last night, and I um I, and I came back, and I um just just chilled out for a bit, ate some Burger King, and listened to some stuff on the radio, and then all of a sudden I, I came out of that, and I felt energized, I felt, and, and there was clarity that came, and I sort of knew how I was going to do this morning. And so I, I, I told Louise last night, I said, this is great. There's just something in this Burger King. I reckon, I reckon this, is, this is brilliant. And, you know, it was, it was a BK um, Hawaiian chicken, which is my favorite, like the best burger out there. And, um, and then Louise, Louise had the heart to kindly point out to me that at that time I was going to Burger King, she was praying for me and, and, and asking that God would bring clarity. So that shot that one in the foot. So anyway, but <laughs> anyway, um, this, this morning I want to talk a message, uh, and it's just I want to share just something that's on my heart, I feel that it's, it's God's place that they're about having an inner connectedness and intimacy with God. You know, and um, God, be still, he's a good God, isn't he? You know, he, he is a good God. You know, the Bible says that he is a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could think or imagine. He's the God of miracles, the God of the miraculous, and nothing is impossible for him. And the thing about him, one of the great things about him is that he's deeply interested in each of our lives. You know, the Bible says that he knows the, 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 you know, just even the, 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 the very details of our lives, even the number, of, the number of hairs on our head have been counted. So we can have confidence that, that, that we've got this great God um, who, who loves us, but a God who desires intimacy with his people. We, and so for me as a, as a young Christian, one of the, the weird things I had to come to grips with was this idea of loving this God who was somewhere out there who I couldn't see and at that stage couldn't feel, and this idea of having some sort of relationship with him. And, 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 and it was just something that took me, took me time to come to grips with. And, and, and so, but when we look at the Bible, we can see it all throughout the Bible. We can see how Adam in the garden, how there's evidence there that God would come and walk with Adam in the garden. He would come and spend time with him, hang out with him, have fellowship with him. We can see that, that people throughout the Bible, like Abraham, is called the friend of God. The Bible says in, in the case of Moses, that Moses met face to face with God as one would with a friend. And we can see even in the, in, the, um, in the Israelites in the desert that God instructed Moses to build this tabernacle which was placed in the middle of the camp of the Israelites that God's presence could dwell so he could dwell among his people. And if we, even if we went into the book of Revelation at, at the time where God is going to bring everything back into order and put everything that's wrong and make it right during this millennium reign of Christ, 
And, and again, there's the scriptures about God will again dwell among his people. And, and, and they will be his people and he will be their God. You know, there's this, this desire and there's this longing for God to have, have um, relationship and intimacy with his people. And, and if I was just, just to make things like, <laughs> intimacy can have many different connotations. And, and just to, sort of to um, nail that one for myself, I just, what do I mean by intimacy? And so I just wrote these words down. Intimacy is having this close familiarity and friendship with God. Having this close familiarity and friendship and connectedness with God. That's his desire for us. And that should be our desire for him. So with that in mind, oh, and, and so this, this is a subject that is close to my heart. It's something I could talk for hours on, but, but I will spare you. I will not speak for hours. Um, but, and, and so I just want to touch on a couple of areas in it. And one of the areas is this whole thing about knowing God. So with that in mind, I'd love you to turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 31. Chapter 20, uh, so Jeremiah 31, I'll, I'll just probably start in 31, then jump into 33 and go through to 39. If it might come up. Okay, so Jeremiah 31, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And in 33, it says, And this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And this is the key key verse here I want to touch on. It says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they they shall all know me, or they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. You know, so the key thing I want to draw out of this And the key point I want to make is that it is God's will for us to know him, whatever know him might mean. And while we've got our noses in our Bibles, I'll just throw another scripture in here. Um, If we can just flick over to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. It's Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. It says this. It says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the, in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works of 40 years. Again, this being the key verse. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. You know, to, to know someone is to know their ways. And so for the Israelites not to know God's ways, God is saying, the Israelites, they didn't know me. So in that first scripture in Jeremiah, the thing I pulled out of there is that it's God's will for us to know him, whatever know him means. And in this second scripture here, we can see that God is grieved. God is grieved when the people he loves and his people don't really know him. So, if you're writing notes, I've got some points here. And this is my first point for this morning. As part of God's desire for intimacy, it is his will that we know him. I want you to, I just feel a bit quiet in here this morning. So, you know, at Impact Kids, we do, we do this thing. We, um, if, our, if our kids are sort of seeming a bit quiet or that, um, we, we, we get worried that maybe they start to disengage and they start to think what's going to happen after Impact Kids. So what we do is we get everyone to jump up in their chairs, run down, touch the back of the wall, and come back and sit on their seats. 
I won't do that this morning. But what I wanted you to do is just to make sure that we're all awake and all together this morning. I'd love you to turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to know him. And turn to the person on the other side and say, you've got to know him. Whatever know him might mean. And, and so <laughs> we do some other crazy stuff like star jumps on the seats and that sort of thing, but I'm thinking that won't go down too well either. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, yeah, press-ups in the aisles and yeah, yeah, okay, boys versus girls, but you yeah, know, I just tired, pull it in, pull it in. Um, okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, actually, you know what? We used to have this tug of war in Impact Kids, this tug of war, I mean, it was a great thing to play and it was boys versus girls and, and the boys were generally stronger than the girls and the boys would win and... Um, and and there was there was a season there was a season where I could not believe it. As, as I think the girls were slightly bigger than the boys, and we had this morning with tug of war. And we had so many girls, so many boys, and the and the girls won. I thought, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And then we put more boys, more girls, and every single one that we played, the girls won. So then on the very end, to give, I mean, which is great for the girls, and all the girls go yay, but but for the boys, this was a tough one to take. And so what we did is we, we threw the guy leaders on the boys and the girl leaders on the girls, and we thought, well, we'll just get some bring some some balance in the force, and, and, um, and, and the guy still lost, <laughs> and that was about, that was already about, oh, I don't know, nine months ago maybe, we've never done tug of war since, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, oh God, I'm digressing, digressing, Let's stay, stay with the message form, okay, so some of you may be thinking, what does it mean to know God, you know, we, we, um, we know two points, we know that, well, my first point, but it's God's will for us, his people, to know him. And he's grieved, he's grieved when we don't know him. You know, the Old Testament is written in the language of Hebrew. You know, the New Testament in Greek, Old Testament in Hebrew. And if we're ever looking, um, uh, trying to get, uh, understand the meaning as to what, the, what the, the, the Bible, what the scriptures are saying, often the first thing we would do was go to the original Hebrew text in the case of the Old Testament, and look at the Hebrew word, and then get the meaning of those Hebrew words. So, I did a quick count. I didn't count them myself. I used um, internet, but um, but in the King James version in the Old Testament, the word "know" for knowing God, the word "know" is mentioned one thousand one hundred and thirty-seven times. And if I was to take all of those one thousand one hundred and thirty-seven times, and and I was to look um, at, at the what Hebrew words were behind, behind that word no, I would come up with four Hebrew words. For the interest of time this morning, I'm going to take two of those away. They're interesting, but I'll take them away. So there, there are another two words. And so there's this great package on, um, on, on, that I use on the internet where you can go to the Hebrew words and you hit play, and there's this person that says what the Hebrew word is. So I've been practicing saying this word. So, so the, the, this first word, I'll, I'll get my... Uh, it's, I'll probably say it wrong. I haven't said it for about 12 hours. It's, it's, it, it, it's, I said it probably about 100 times before that, though. It's, it's da'af. Everyone say da'af. Da'af. Very good. Okay, so this word, this word is, is a word that's used for no in the Bible. And, it, and if, if we were to look up a, a Strong's Concordance or something to give meaning of this word, it would, it would say things like knowledge. It would talk about sort of having an awareness or knowing. Uh, um, and, 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 and intelligence, or even something like smarts in the mind. And it's talking about knowing things in the mind here. Like, I, I, could, um, I, could, I could look down there, and I could know that set there is blue. I just know that, because it's just knowledge up here. I know that at the back end, I know what leaders, are going, what leaders are out there at the moment. I just know that up here. So that's an area, of, that's one 
meaning of the word no. And for me, that's generally the meaning that I would think of when, when we use the word no. And, um, but, but there's another word as well. And the other word is a word that's called, i get this one right too, yadah. Everyone say yadah. Say it again, yadah. Very good, okay. Now, yeah, there, it's a wider word of the meaning, of the meaning no. And, and so it does look about knowledge and talks about knowledge up here. But it has this other word as well, which is, a, which is um, like perceive. And, we, and, then, and then when you take a look at where this word is used in Scripture and um, in the different areas that, it, that, it, that it's used, um, you start to see that, that, that this word, yeah, there, doesn't just encompass a knowledge up here, but it also encompasses a knowledge or a knowing in our emotions, in our hearts, and in our spirits. You know, and so, and so one, of the, one of the areas where this word is used, it talks about how, um, how Adam knew his wife Eve, and then all of a sudden, baby Cain was born. And, and then it talks about how, um, also how Cain knew his wife as well, and then baby Enoch was born. And so this is not just the knowledge of of, um, of things, but this is sort of an emotional, a heart, a spirit sort of, of knowing. So if I was to give you another quick example of that, if I was to you know, talk about John Key, I've never, ever met John Key, that Prime Minister in New Zealand for anyone who was unaware of that, but it might be visitors, so we don't know. So, um, so John Key is, um, I, I, I sort of, I, I, know, I, I know a bit about John Key. I know that he's our Prime Minister. I know what he looks like on TV. I know some of the things that he's said and done. And I know a little bit about him. But I, but I have no real heart connection or emotional connection with John Key. I've never actually met him. So the better way would, would, say, would be to say that I know of John Key. But if I was to bring up my, my wife, that would be a totally different story. You know, with my wife, I could clearly say that I know my wife Louise. That, that there is this heart um, connection, there's this emotional connection, there's this knowing inside myself as to who she is, you know, and, um, and, and so very, very different. The first word, knowing up here, the second word, knowing up here and in here. So that in mind, if we were to look back at, 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 and we don't need to, I'll just tell you about it, but in Jeremiah chapter 31, where it says, again, I'll just read it out to you, that no more shall someone teach someone else saying, know the Lord that they shall all know me. They shall all know me. It's, it's the word yadah. They shall all know me. And it's talking about a knowledge of God that's not just up here, but a knowledge of God that's in here as well. It's God's will that, we would, that his people would know him, not just up here, but in here as well. So point one this morning was, as part of God's desire for intimacy, it is his will that we know him. My second point would be, to truly know God not only requires a knowledge up here, but also a knowledge or a connectedness and awareness in here. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say, no disconnects. Cool, just get you with me. It's very good, very good, very good. It's interesting in that Jeremiah chapter 33, it also talks about, it also talks about how God, it's his intention to put his law on their minds, and in their hearts. And this whole thing about knowing God has to engage the heart. So some of you might be thinking again, well, how, how do I get this inner connectedness with God? I mean, how does that come about? 
I've got some good news for you this morning. I've got some thoughts on that question. And so if, um, I've got some thoughts on that question. Now, and, and so to do that, what I want to do is I, I want to go back in, in, Hebrews chapter th- in Hebrews chapter 3, that second scripture I read, it talked about the Israelites. And it said how their hearts were always going astray and they didn't know me. And so when I was, when I was sort of, I felt, I felt led to look um, at a book in Exodus as to a couple of goofy things that the Israelites did and, um, and, and a couple of examples of, not what, of what not to do. And, and, that, and, I'll, and I'll then turn those and, and, and just come a, a couple of things that we should do, a couple of things of what to do. So um, what I'd love you to do is turn to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to read... Um, I'm going to read from verses 18 to 21. Before I do that, I want to give just a, a, a bit of context from Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19 is like, it's one of, it's, it's one of the, the um, chapters in the Bible that, that, that I really love. And it's just, I just love it because it's just so wild. And so just, I'll just give you a quick rundown. It's good to have some context on this. And what happens, the Bible says that in the third month after the Israelites came out of, of Egypt, that they came into the wilderness of Sinai. And, so, and then what they did is they camped in front of the mountain, not directly in front of the mountain, but in front of the mountain and slightly back a bit. And so and what happened was is that as they camped in, camped in the mountain, that Moses went up the mountain. And as he went up the mountain, God spoke to him from the mountain. And so I did a quick search. And I mean, how long does it, does it take to climb Mount Sinai? And and, and, and it's about, they reckon roughly about three hours. And I don't know if he went right to the top. The Bible says that God, he went up the mountain and God spoke to him. So he went up to the mountain and God spoke to him. And he said, he said Moses, go back down the mountain. Tell the people that if you will, uh, if you will um, uh, keep my covenant and if you will obey my commands, then you as a nation will become my special treasure, my treasured people above all other nations. And I will make you into a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So Moses comes, after going up the mountain, comes back down the mountain, tells the people, um, people, this is what God says. And the people all say, this is great news. We will do all that the the Lord will say. So then Moses goes back up the mountain and says, God, this is is what's going, um, this is what the people said. God said, great, in three days I'm going to come and visit the people. You need to go back down the mountain, tell the people to consecrate themselves. And, and, and so Moses went back down the mountain. They consecrated themselves. They washed their clothes. God had told them no one's to approach the mountain until the, until the, the, the ram's horn sounds. And so, um, and so they did that. On the third day, the Bible says that there was, that there was thunder, thunder, there was lightning, that this, this dark cloud came on the mountain. And there was the sound of a loud trumpet getting louder and louder and louder. And, and what happened was is that Moses, he brought the people out of the camp and brought them to stand before God at the mountain. And then the Bible says that, that, that the mountain was shaking, was, was, was quaking greatly. And so what happened was, as it got louder, the Bible says that Moses spoke. And as Moses spoke, God came down onto the mountain, and the mountain was on fire. There was smoke billowing up like a furnace, it says. And, 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 what, and what happened, Moses, Moses spoke, and God came down, and God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, come back up the mountain. So Moses does his trick back up the mountain. As soon as he gets to the top of the mountain, God speaks to him and says, all right, now go back down the mountain and tell the people not to come up the mountain, which is 
I just it's not wild because I mean if God can speak to him when he's down there and tell him to come up the mountain, sure he can. Surely he can say, surely he can say, well Moses, tell the people not to come up. But he goes up the mountain. God says, right, go back down the mountain. Tell the people not to come up the mountain. And, and so, and Moses is, Moses tries to reason with God and, and tries to say, um, well God, the people know not to come up the mountain. We've put barriers around. They'll be okay. And then and and the Bible says, God says, well go away, go back down the mountain and, and just bring Aaron up with you. And I don't understand why God's doing this, but that's the context for, 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 for this. But this is, you know, sometimes God does stuff, and he doesn't seem to, to be overly concerned with, um, with, with how it, uh, you know, just the effort that we have to put in to do what he tells us to do. He doesn't seem to show any great concern for it. I mean, I mean you know, three hours up the mountain, only to be told to go back down the mountain to tell the people something he's already told them anyway. And, and so, but, you know, God is God. God is God. We know he loves us. We know he counts the hairs on our head. We know he's deeply interested in us. And sometimes things go on that we don't understand, but we can trust that he's good. Anyway, um, I just enjoy that chapter. Um, so the next chapter, Exodus 20, what happens is, is, that, is that the follower Moses goes down the mountain, and it appears, it appears as though God speaks while Moses is down on the people. And God speaks in Exodus 20, if we were to look at that, and from verses 1 through roughly to about 17, I think. And God actually speaks out the Ten Commandments. He speaks out the Ten Commandments. And, and, and it talks about, and it appears if you read on, that, that he's speaking it while Moses is down there, and, and the people are down there. But if we were to pick this up, in, in Exodus chapter um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 18, it says this. It says, Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. So they were, they were in front of the mountain. The Bible says, as they saw all this, they trembled, and then they stood far off. They went back. I, I, there was some... There was some, um, as I was doing, looking at this, there was some talk about, about some ancient scriptures that said, suggested that the people went 12 miles back from the mountain. So they, they stood afar off. Anyway, they drew back. So, and then verse 19, it says, They said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. And verse 21 says, So the people stood afar off, maybe 12 miles back. But Moses drew near to where the thick darkness was. Two observations about the scripture. One is, in drawing back from God, they actually created distance between them and God. They, they, they created distance between them and God. It was almost like they went back this far, they drew a line on the sand and said, God, we're willing to go this far and no further. Well, God, we are willing to do this much, but no more. And so in that, there was this, there was this, this, there was this space. Um, there was a space between God and them. Where they were, God was here and they were here initially, and that was obviously God's intention. There was, all of a sudden, there was a space connected. There was this disconnect. You know, this, this can be a picture, you know, to me, as I read this, there was just a sense, we, we as God's people, we can do this in our own lives. We can draw lines in the sand, we can draw back from God. 
and, 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 we can, and we can sort of pretty much become accustomed to encountering God at a, at a certain level, but maybe not at the level that God wants us to encounter him. It was interesting, the people were, ha- a second observation, the people were happy to put Moses in between them and God. They were happy to put a man between them and God. Now, if I was, if I was to come down here, and, I was, and I'm not going to do it, but I was, if I was asking my wife to stand over here, and I was looking at my wife, my wife and I are here, then, then, then that works well. But then if I asked Brett to come up here and stand here, and all of a sudden, Brett's between my wife and I. I can't really see my wife anymore. I'm looking at Brett. All of a sudden, Brett starts to take prominence in my life. Or, or maybe not my life, but prominence in the moment. And, and, and so Brett's then, all I can see is Brett. And so I'm looking at Brett, and I'm talking to Brett, and, and really um, my wife, wife Louise is sort of behind him, and, um, and, and I'm not talking to her anymore. So what we see in the Scriptures, we see the Israelite people, they... Are drawing, are drawing back. There's this disconnect from God. They're drawing a line on the sand, and they are willing to go so far, but no further. They're willing to do so much, but no more. They're happy for someone else to come and stand in the, in the, in the place of God and, and almost, ta- almost take the position of God so that they can stay in an area where they're comfortable. They can stay in an area where they're comfortable. You know, It amazes me. It, it just amazes me that um, if, if God is so good and, and he, he's, he's interested in our lives, why would we not be willing to open up and, and give him all of us? Why would, why would, we, why would, why would some people want to hold back from God? And, 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 and no, we could look at this. Well, that's, that's the Israelites. That's back then. And they're in the, they're in the front of the mountain. There's the mountain's... Well, the whole thing's shaking. I mean, there's, there's fire, there's smoke, there's, there's lightning, thunder. I mean, I'll be freaking out too. But it's a picture of people drawing back from God and almost holding out on God. God desires intimacy with his people. Yet the people themselves, the people themselves didn't desire the same intimacy with God. So, you know... What they did, they created this void in their hearts. And so they were, they were willing to give so much to God, but they held back. And, and so they created this void. The, the book in, in, in Hebrews, the scripture that we read, says the people were always going astray in their hearts, always sort of um, going this way and going that way. And, and, and they never really knew me. Because what happened was, in their hearts, they drew back from God. They were happy to know of God. They were happy to um, be participants in the great miracles that took place, the, the parting of the Red Sea and, the, um, and the, the manna coming down from heaven, water coming out of the rock, and all these great things that God was doing. They were happy to be part of that. They were happy to hear the words coming out of Moses' mouth and hear about God. But they held out on God in their hearts. They, they drew back. And so in the midst of that, there was this disconnect that came. And so in their hearts, the areas of their hearts that God's desire was to fill, and God, the Bible says that God wants to fill everything. It's his desire to fill everything in the earth, fill everyone's hearts, everything around. That's, that's, that's the God that we serve. So their hearts, that it was God's desire and God's place to fill, all of a sudden became empty because they held back on God. And so what happened was no one likes having emptiness in their life, so they began to look to other things to fill their lives. Began to look to other things to fill their lives.
I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen, uh, yeah, there's many things. There's many things that can cause us to step back from God and to create distance between God. Many, many things. And there's many things that, 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 we, can, um, that, that we can put in, the, in between us and God. I mean, if I went through, I mean, I could, I could, there's a whole lot of stuff. There's, a key one would be comfort. Comfort. Like, I know for my, Louise and myself, we're busy. And one of the nicest things to do at the end of the day is to put our feet up and sit down and watch TV. Which is it's good to relax, good to hang out. But if I'm doing that every day, um, every time, and I've got no time to 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 push into God, no time to hear what God's saying to me, no time to to um, to seek Him out and His Word in that, then all of a sudden I'm putting my comfort between me and God. You know, I've 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 seen cases and times gone by of people withdrawing from church due to different family reasons. They need to spend more time with their family, and so what? And 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 I could. I, I want to speak, there's the fruit of that. The fruit of what I said, there's a drawing, there's a pulling out of serving, not being involved so much. And all of a sudden, they, they, their, their hearts seem to have turned to other things because they, 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 over, the, over those years, they came less and less and then they stopped coming. And so sometimes we can put good things, good things in, the, in between us and God. It can be reasons for us to hold out on God, to go this far and no further. You know, Another thing I just felt to share in my heart, felt on my heart to share, we can put offenses between us and God. And so we can put offenses. And so what, what can happen is offenses can, can sit between us. And all of a sudden, because, because God's behind the offense, we can't seem to see or feel God so much anymore. He just doesn't seem to be turning up the same way that he used to. Not realizing that there's this offense between the same way that Brett would be between Louise and me, and I couldn't see Louise anymore. Brett was taking prominence in my life. What can happen is this offense can sit there, and all of a sudden I'm so preoccupied and, and, and so aware of the offense, I'm not seeing God anymore. I'm not sensing God anymore. It's almost like God's left the building. You know what? And, and, and so what happens again is, is that, we can put many things there, and they can be good things. They can be things we're not even aware of. But what they do is they create this disconnect, this disconnect from God. If I was, had, if I was to have a, one of these great objects we love doing at Impact Kids, I just love object lessons. We get an object, and we just talk about the object, and, and, and what happens is we, um, we then... Uh, and we didn't give a spiritual truth. But if I was to have an object, if I was to have a, a light here, and I was to have a plug coming out and going in into this, this um, power socket down here, while the plug is connected, there's a flow of power into the light. But if, if, I, was, if I was to pull the plug out, then all of a sudden there's a disconnect. There's a space created, and the power flow stops. The power flow stops. Interesting that, um, that if, we allow, if we allow a disconnect to come between us and God or things to come in between us, the power can stop. I'll give another example. My parents used to own an orchard, and every once in a while you go down the orchard, and there would be a branch that's sort of been half snapped off but still on the tree. So half of the branch is, um, is connected. The other half is all, all these little bits of sticks sticking up, and, and, the, and the tree's still alive, but the leaves are not looking too good. The branch is still alive, sorry, but the leaves are not looking too good. There's enough connection there for a, a certain amount of life to flow into that branch, but the, but the flow of that branch is severely restricted. 
So the flow of life going from the tree into the branch, all of a sudden, is, is, is not what it should be. And so sometimes when we allow stuff to come in our lives and, and around our hearts, what happens is that maybe the flow doesn't stop, but then all of a sudden the flow is not what it was. And it's only by us, and, and, and it's easy in those situations to blame other people or, to, or to, to try and give reasons, but sometimes it's just something that's happening in our own hearts. Sometimes it's something that's happening in our own hearts. And, and so there needs to be a going back to God. God, what's going on here? God, talk to me. God, I, I, I'm not feeling you the same way. God, I, I need you. Where are you? And then having an ear to listen because he'll start to put, put a, a finger on those things. Just as I come to finish this morning, I, 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 felt, I felt to share this this morning. Uh, I, felt, I had a sense to share this. And, and this week, uh, we had an, a meeting of our Impact Kids leaders. And, and was just, we just go around and just share in the room. And there were two people in the room who shared. Um, we were sharing what God's speaking to us about at the moment. Two people shared. Two people shared this, this, virtually the same thing. They said, well, I'm just feeling God's just challenging me in my heart at the moment. Is my heart really for God? Or is it turned to other things? And, and, and God was talking to them about that. I spoke to my wife, Louise, and she was sharing what, what was shared with the, um, the, the, the Thursday morning meeting they have with the staff up here. And, and Pastor Lynn was talking about the whole thing, about, um, about a circumcision of the heart, where circumcision of the heart being where, we, where God wants everyone to be circumcised in the heart, where there's a cutting away of the things that are not of God, a cutting away of the flesh, stripping that away. So all that's left is a heart turned towards God. There was, um, Jesus told us, you know, Jesus was asked once, what is the greatest commandment? And of all the hundreds and hundreds of commandments in the Bible, what is the greatest commandment? And he responded clearly and easily. He just said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love the Lord with all your heart. This morning as I come to finish, this is the question I want to ask you. Where is your heart this morning? Is your heart directed towards God this morning? Or have we allowed other things to, to um, come in the place of that, to stand between us and God? Has our heart been, has our heart been re- redirected away from God? Are there areas in our heart that have gone to other things? Are there things this morning that stand between us and God? I want to ask the question this morning. And it's not a question... Please don't stand up and give me an answer. No, don't. Just, just, it's a question to ask yourself. It's a question to ask yourself. You see, God's plans for our life are the best plans for our life. And the way we walk in the fullness of what God has for us is to know Him. Is to know Him. Paul in the Scripture said, only I, I, just, I need to know God. Everything else doesn't mean I just need to know God. Where is our hearts this morning? Where is our hearts this morning? You know what? doesn't matter what goes on in the world. doesn't matter what goes on in New Zealand. It does matter, but for the purpose of what I'm talking this morning, it doesn't matter. Even what goes on in this church, and, and, you know, in spite of different eruptions around the world, Eruptions in New Zealand, eruptions everywhere. When we've got that heart connection with God, then there's stability in our lives. There's peace in our lives.
Thank you, Lord. Just love everyone to close your eyes right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in this meeting and you actually don't have a relationship with God. You've never, you've never made the decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. You've never made the decision to open your life to God. If that's you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. See, it's God's will, that God, it's God's will for you to know him. It's God's will to give you the best. But while we live a life of disconnection, we miss what he has for us. This morning, if you were here and you've never made a decision for Christ, I'd love you just to raise your hand. Never made a decision to be a Christian. Just raise your hand this morning. I just want to give that opportunity. There may be others here this morning who just as I've spoken and was my prayer this morning that, is, that there was so much I could share, I just wanted to grab a couple of things. There may be some here this morning it was my prayer that, that the Holy Spirit would speak to everyone in the room, that, that, that each of us would hear what God would say to us as individuals this morning. And as that's been happening, you've, you've become aware that there, there are issues. Issues that need to be put right with God. What we're going to do is, is, is just as, as we come to end the service, we're going to flow, we're going to flow into a, um, a final song. But this is what I, this is what I do. I, I want to invite, if God's speaking to you this morning, I want to invite you to come up the front to the altar. And, just, and, and in doing that, you're making a decision, God, I'm stepping past that line I've drawn. I'm going to come forward and I'm going to respond to you. And God, I'm presenting myself, open, opening my heart to you, presenting myself this morning, and I'm giving back what is due to you this morning. I'm making things right with you. Now, why, why, would, we, why would we want to do anything else but give God our, our best, give God our all? Why would we want, not want to do anything else? So let's, let's just stand as we sing this last song. Love us all to stand. And, and, and again, I just opening up the altar for those who want to come forward. Come forward. Strength like no you again. If you feel to come forward this morning, feel free to come forward.